0: Welcome back guys to Beyond the Bikini Radio. So today we're going to be talking about a pretty dense topic and that is the topic of binge eating. So before I hop into details of this topic in particular, I want to throw out a disclaimer. I am by no means a professional psychologist, therapist within this field. Um, I am simply just someone who has struggled with eating disorders, a variety of eating disorders for multiple years of my life. Um, I now am recovered, but I truly believe, you know, once you have an eating disorder, you will have times where you still struggle here and there. Um, and it just it needs to be talked about more. So I felt the urge to talk about binge eating. And I also want to clarify the difference between binge eating and overeating. So for example, I hear sometimes, especially in like the competitor space where Girls will be like, oh, I just binged eight on Oreos. And then they've had like only two Oreos. That is by no means binge eating. Um, Binge eating looks more like a sense of loss of control. Looks like a sense of, you know, consuming a mass amount of calories. So consuming more than I would say, I think it's like 3000 calories to be considered a binge eating disorder. Um, Also, there's a lot of shame and guilt attached to it. Um, a lot of bingers don't necessarily, they're not psychologically present with everything that's going on with food in them. Um, so, you know, you might feel like a loss of time. It's habitual. It's been going on, you know, more than just once in a month. Um, it has to be a reoccurring thing too. So binge eating is not overeating. Overeating is what you do at Thanksgiving when you feel uncomfortable, Binge eating is what you do at night when you've realized you've finished three cereal boxes and a jar of peanut butter. There's a major difference. So um, I just had to point that one out there. Um, Also, guys, I just want to throw out my credentials, too, just in the space. I do have a bachelor's degree in exercise science. I also have a minor in nutrition, and I am a certified personal trainer. I've worked with over 100 men and women. And I can say that this disorder, not to say that I could diagnose anyone, but I will say the behaviors of this specific disorder are quite common. So if you're feeling alone, I just want to say that you're not alone at all. Um, People struggle, but they struggle differently. So let's go into this topic. Uh, I am going to be talking about my personal experience alongside of like the behaviors and things that I find that trigger binge eating. It seems like 2018 just flew by and now 2019 is just around the corner. Did you have a fitness goal that you were wanting to accomplish this year? Do you feel like you've plateaued already or are you wanting to just start fresh this 2019 with a brand new goal of health and fitness? Well guys, that's why I developed my get fit in six, six week challenge. This challenge is going to be great for you because it's going to allow for you to gain guidance when it comes to your training and nutrition. When you join the challenge, you're going to get customized macros based upon a questionnaire that I send out your way. You're going to get one private check-in with me, a workout that's going to last you six weeks long in duration, and most importantly, group support to help give you that guidance and love that you need to carry you throughout the rest of the year. This get fit in six week challenge is going to be great for you to jumpstart your fitness goals and gain knowledge and education to carry you through the rest of the year too. So let me ask you, are you ready to get fit? And if you are apply down below in the description to gain more information on the get fit in six, six week challenge. I look forward to see you in 2019 dedicated and investing in yourself. Alongside with how I personally overcame it, um, which maybe this could possibly help you overcome your binge eating. Um, Like I said, this is not a prescription. This is not a, you know, psychologist-approved protocol. But this is just from my personal experience and my own struggles. And I truly believe we all struggle with something for a purpose. And if this can help you, that makes me happy. Um, If this is another topic that you know, maybe someone personal to you might struggle with, or maybe a competitor post show is struggling with, I would love it if you would share it with them, because I feel like the more people we can help with this, the better. Okay, so let's kind of jump into my first time I ever binge, which is definitely really uncomfortable. But when I look back Now I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a binge and I didn't even realize it. So at this time I had been competing for, um, this is still my first year and I was working with a bro coach and this bro coach, if you guys don't know what that means, it basically means they don't really use science to make their programming. They just kind of use old school methods. I was basically eating chicken and tuna and broccoli and asparagus and that's it. Yeah, I only worked with him for, I think it was just six weeks, but within those first four weeks of working with him, I was so miserable and hungry. Um, I hardly lost any weight. I maybe lost four pounds, and that's simply due to, you know, super high cortisol levels. My body was fighting me. I didn't want to lose fat. You know, eating super low calories is not the answer, you guys, but, you know, I was only 19. This is the first trainer I ever paid. So could you imagine, you know, paying your first trainer and then them kind of screwing you over in a way? Um and my parents just didn't, you know, financially support my bodybuilding, which is totally fine. Um I was completely okay investing in myself and my own hobby, but I thought this guy would help me get to a first call out and help me, you know, do really well on stage, which in essence I actually did with this coach. That was the first time I ever placed and I took second and my physique looked pretty good. Um, But I will say his methods were way too extreme. So my first time binging was in my car. Um, I went to the grocery store and I remember being so hungry so hungry, um, and deprived. And I bought some cereal and I bought some ice cream and I think that's all I purchased was just like a box of cereal and a gallon of frozen yogurt ice cream. And I opened the box and said, okay, I would just want like a little bit. And because my, I feel like my palate had been so depleted for so long from restricting my diet to like a handful of foods, it set off a fire of hunger. So um, I'm driving home and at this time it was probably 30 minutes away from my home, um, from my college to visit my parents and before I knew it, the whole box of cereal was gone. Uh, mindlessly, you know, eating while I was driving. I was like, oh, crap. I just totally ruined everything I've been working so hard for, but I'm still so hungry. So I figured, well, I have this ice cream. I might as well have some of it. And before I knew that, three-fourths of the ice cream was gone. Um, and then I remember we had some nut butters at my parents' house, and it was late at night, and I was eating some of those as well. And so I probably consumed around 3,000 calories, I would say, in a time period of about two hours, Um, and that was my first time I binged, and I remember feeling immense guilt. I felt like a failure, and I was so disappointed in myself, and my binge eating in that case happened due to restriction, but the other time I struggled with binge eating was when I was under an immense amount of stress. So when I moved um, away from home after I graduated from college, I lived in a very toxic environment. And this is a story time video for my YouTube channel for another day, but with a crazy roommate, let's just say. And this environment, I try to avoid being at home at all costs. I would try to, you know, do my personal training clients in person from... 6am to around 9 and then I would go work out and then I would go to my actual job as a um, elite gymnastics coach and that would take me until 8pm and then then I would drive home and it'd be around 9. So I would try to be gone all day to avoid this person and I would, wouldn't really eat enough during the day so I was kind of restricting but I wasn't really aware of it because I was working so much. Um, I wasn't tracking macros at the time just because I needed a break after competing in eight shows that year. And I was just like mentally burnt out and very overwhelmed. And um, this was like also the first time in my life that I was financially fully responsible for myself, which that was a whirlwind of like, whoa, (laughs) welcome to adulthood. And I was just, I was overwhelmed. And this led me to buying foods that were quote unquote healthy. So Halo Top and um, powdered peanut butter and things that were still just healthier. You know, it wasn't like I was buying candy bars and cookies and things like that for the most part. And I would find myself binging on them. And what I mean by binging on them is I would finish like two pints of Halo Top I would finish like probably 15 servings of powdered peanut butter. I would eat like three protein bars. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, my gosh, all of that food that I just bought is already gone. And this got me to a point where I was so uncomfortable with my body. I gained about 10 pounds in a month part of that I think was just due to stress. I was still working out. I was still doing some cardio here and there, but that didn't matter. The amount of calories I was over consuming on during my binges was outweighing anything I was doing in the gym. And so I got to a point where I didn't recognize myself. I was very uncomfortable and I was struggling with purging behaviors as well. And I was in the darkest place of my life. Um, and I think a, a big part of these, you know, behaviors and why they started was, it was comforting in a way food does comfort us. Um, but another thing too, is I think it was a way for me to deal with my stress and to not think about work and this person I was living with and being completely away from all my friends and family. And I turned to food for my emotions. So it would turn into a cycle. Um, it always happened at night. And it always happened when I was alone. So A couple things I wanted to point out with binge eating is everyone's binge eating looks a little bit different, but there is a lot of similar traits. So one thing I've noticed with bingers is we like to do it alone. You know, you don't want to buy all this food and eat it in front of someone. That's just kind of weird. You might feel embarrassed, like they're judging you, like how can you eat that much? Or, you know, don't you know how to stop? Um, You might, you know do this at night when your stress levels are at the highest. So we have willpower for the day, right? You know, you go through the day, you say no to that donut, you say no to that cookie, you say no to those chips, you say no to that extra dressing on your salad, you say no, 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 all day. And then your willpower gets, you know, kind of dwindled down. Let's add on some stress. Let's add on some, you know, relationship, financial, any sort of stress, okay, it's the end of the day, you're tired, you said no all day, and then once you say yes to a food you might like, it seems to just set off a trigger in a way, Um, and you're going to hear me talk about triggers, it sets off a trigger to, oh, that felt so good to say yes, and then you want more and more and more and more, and before you know it, you're already binging. Um, and that's the thing too. whenever you're binging, you kind of aren't fully there mentally. you kind of lose control. you're not hundred percent conscious of what's going on um and I think that's part of the coping mechanism of food is you know that's what we're using as our drug in a way, and you know you're just you're not fully there and um. For me, like I said, I was working so much. I had a lot of stress and when I ate, I just, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about those things until after and I saw the wrappers and I saw the empty box or the empty carton and I'm like, what did I just do? (laughs) So guys, trust me when you say you struggle, I've struggled too and I understand. So what was the main thing that helped me turn this around? First off, I think that you need to find your trigger um, and also figure out what your cycle is. Now, (laughs) I say cycle and I, for some reason, just think about menstrual cycles because you guys know I talk a lot about periods on my Instagram and my podcast, but we're talking about the cycle of binging and even relapses because relapses can happen here and there, but know that that's also normal and a part of a process of improving your relationship with food um, and your body image as well. But triggers, let's talk about those. First trigger that you might not think about is it's just simply a habit. So you let's say you just overeat at night and you do it again and again and again and again. And before you know, it, it's been a month straight where you do this, you just created a new habit. So um, that could be a trigger. What you could do to you know break up that habit is make yourself go to bed earlier. Or if you binge midday, you know, maybe um, not being by those foods that you binge on midday or distracting yourself midday with something like um, going for a walk or maybe going to the gym at that time. You need to just switch up your daily routine so you create new habits, okay? And maybe even set an alarm on your clock. You know, if you normally binge at that time, set an alarm and have something else going on. So maybe a TV show or maybe that's when you um, take a bath and do something relaxing, do some sort of self-care at that time to break that habit. Hey guys, on the Beyond the Bikini podcast, you know I talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be hard to hit the gym consistently, track your macros to a T, and feel like you're making progress. So rather you're a newbie in the gym or someone who's been hitting the gym consistently, but possibly hit a plateau, then I recommend you check out my one-on-one coaching. No, I do not only coach prep clients, but I coach lifestyle clients as well. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals. Another thing is stress. So stress can be a major trigger. So on high stress days, I recommend you do a couple things. You're going to need some stress relief and it can't be through food if you're struggling with binging. So for stress relief, what I like to do when it's nice here in Ohio, it's usually rainy and cold. But when it's nice here, I like to go out and go for a walk. I have a dog. I like to play with my dog. Um, She makes me laugh. She makes me happy. She takes my mind off of things, so I play with my dog. Uh, Another stress relief thing I like to do is window shopping. I like to get out of my house when I'm super stressed and just look around um, and window shop. Now, I wouldn't really recommend grocery shopping at this time, but just window shopping, looking at things, going to like a Home Goods, TJ Maxx, Girls, you feel me? Those stores are fun. Um, Get some stress relief, you know, if you can budget it in, get your nails done, get your hair done, do something for you to relieve that stress. The other thing too is phone a friend. The worst thing you can do when you're, you know, very stressed and overwhelmed is not have anyone to talk to. So call up your mama, call up your friend, call up someone where you can vent to, and that will help you immensely. Okay. Um, The other thing too, that can be a huge trigger is restriction. This can be happening intentionally and unintentionally. And if it's happening intentionally and you know that you're struggling with possibly anorexia or some sort of eating disorder, I recommend that you seek further help. Uh, There's a lot of resources out there for you, such as, you know, counselors, um, BetterHelp is a great counseling service if you struggle with depression, anxiety, anything like that. Um, Make sure you reach out if you're struggling with restriction intentionally and think that you might have an eating disorder. Because if you think you might have an eating disorder, you probably do, okay? Uh, But if you're unintentionally restricting, like for example, when I was, you know, working all day and... You know, before I knew, I was like, shoot, I've only ate 400 calories for the day. Um, If you're unintentionally restricting, that can be a trigger because you come home, you're tired, and you want to eat. And because your body is so depleted and hungry, it will, you know, really push that hunger signal for you to eat. So, restriction is definitely a huge trigger um, for binges. And you'll see this all the time with post show competitors. So, Someone who just steps off of a bodybuilding stage, or let's say who's working with a coach who has them on a highly restrictive meal plan, and then they get these palatable foods like, you know, my, for example, my cereal and my ice cream, and it just sets off a huge trigger for you to eat more and more and more and more and more. So restriction. So let's say you have a high, high protein, you know, low fat, low carb diet. That's Restriction. Your body's craving carbs and fats. Um, let's say you're on a keto diet. Just do, you no, know, maybe strip some fat off your body. That's also a restrictive diet in a way. You're restricting carbs. Your body's going to crave carbs. Have you ever heard of that too? We always want like what we're not being given. So, you know, if you're doing the keto diet, you're going to crave carbs. And I think it's so funny when people start keto and they're like, oh, I'm craving carbs. Yes, because your body needs carbs as fuel. Or someone does a low-fat diet and they're wanting something fatty and greasy. I'm like, yes, your body needs fat. Women, your body needs fat. Fat does not make you fat. It's great for hormonal panels and to help with your, help with your satiety. There we go. Um, as well. So stop restricting macros. Stop restricting macro types. And just have a well-balance of everything. Okay? Um, the more you restrict and the more you fight it, and you know, a lot of times after a binge, you want to restrict again, right? You know, to, you know, what's it called? Um, kind of weigh out the quote unquote damage you just did with your body. You know, you want to restrict and try to, you know, possibly lose some of the weight or water weight you just gained from your binge and possibly even fat if it's a reoccurring thing. You can't do that either. So restriction is going to have to stop. You're going to need a well balance of all your macros and to be eating enough. Um, one other trigger too when I see binges happen is weight. Post-show. Let's say post-show, post-diet. You know, you've know, you been dieting for a while or you're a competitor and you just got done with your season and you're starting to gain some weight. This can be a trigger. Um, seeing that number go up on the scale and you're like, you know what? I just give up. I, I've lost all my progress. It doesn't matter. And that can be a trigger for you to just want to binge and eat, 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 and eat. And you know, I want to say if that's a trigger for you, you don't need the scale to validate you as a person. You're beautiful, you're strong, and I know that you can be more confident without that scale telling you who you are and what your worth is. So you need to get rid of the scale. Um, if that's a trigger for you. Find out your trigger. Um, maybe it's a combination. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's one of them. Find out what your triggers are, and try to navigate around them with those tips I just gave you, Um, or even avoid them altogether until you can slowly ease back into it. You know, eventually, I want everyone to be comfortable with weighing themselves, and I will talk about that more in depth. But you know, weight is you know a good tool. It's not the best tool to monitor your progress, but I want to get you to a place where you don't have to feel like you need to avoid your triggers. You don't feel like you have to, you know, manage your stress in a avoidance manner um, and you can be around those foods. And I want you to, you know, be comfortable with, you know, maybe seeing a number on the scale. But, you know, when you're recovering from something like this and binge eating, you might just have to avoid it for now, Okay. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is let's say you're doing a great job at, you know, being done with binge eating. You feel like you've done a great job. Uh, You broke the cycle. You haven't binged in like two months. And then all of a sudden you have a relapse. It's okay. It happens. The worst thing you can do after a binge is call yourself names and to be shameful to yourself. You need unconditional love at a moment like that. So I know when I struggled with a binge, I would call up Matt, who is my significant other, and tell him what happened. And, you know, he would help me feel stronger and more beautiful. You need to reach out and tell someone what happened if it's really affecting you mentally. And drop the shame. Okay, just forgive yourself. Okay? I want you to write down why you think the binge happened, what you binged on, and I also want you to write ways you think that you can avoid it in the future. So figure out if you had a relapse, figure out what was a trigger. Maybe it was just stress, Okay. And let's say it's Christmas, right? It's, we're around the holidays right now. You have those foods around. Usually it's those sweet, palatable foods, maybe really salty foods, something that's just like a very flavor-dense, calorie-dense food. Those are normally trigger foods for a binge eater. Um, and those foods are around. And let's say you had the combination of stress, you have the combination of Christmas cookies, and it led you to a binge. Write that down so you understand what you need to do to avoid it in the future. I'm not a big lover of having your binge foods be in the house too, because I find that it gets you really preoccupied and overwhelmed with thinking about the food being in your house. And you don't need to do that. You don't need to be thinking about food in your house. So if you have trigger foods at the moment and you know that you don't have the strength to say no to them, that's okay too. You don't have to have them in your house. And When you're slowly reintroducing these foods back into your diet, I don't recommend you do it alone too. So I still have some foods that I'm a little weary with. Um, I will say that I've overcome a lot of my quote unquote fear foods, you know, foods that we feel like we're going to lose control on, binge on, and quote unquote lose our progress on. Peanut butter was one of them and that's still one of them to this day, but another one was just ice cream and cookies. And I will say I've done a really great job at overcoming those. And how I did that was I would eat it in front of someone else and really enjoy the food, take my time while eating it, and slow down. When you binge, you tend to eat at a rapid rate, and you tend to also do it alone. So if you're trying to overcome your fear of food, you need to flip-flop that. Eat it around someone else's presence so you don't feel the fear of, you know, overeating with no one looking, you know, almost like a kid who like goes in the forbidden room while no one looks and they like feel like they're breaking the rules in a way. Um, that's what you need to do. I, if any of you know what I'm talking about there, just let me know with with that analogy. I'm big on analogies, but, um, you know, you need to, you need to eat it in front of another person's presence. You need to take your time while eating it and just enjoy the food. Because the food is made to be enjoyed. Um, Take your time, enjoy it, and you can slowly overcome your trigger foods too. And that can be a whole other podcast for another day. Um, Let me know if you guys would be interested in that. But I also want to talk to you guys about how I personally overcame my binge eating. So when I was struggling at my darkest moments in Columbus, the first thing I needed to do was tell someone. I told... um, Two of my girlfriends through Instagram, um, hashtag got to love online friends, and I told Matt. So I told people that I was struggling and I needed help. And I think trying to hold your ego and pride and thinking that you don't have a problem or not wanting to admit you have a problem doesn't make you better. You need to tell someone you need help, and that's okay. The other thing, too, is I got rid of my trigger foods. I couldn't have them by me, and that's okay. I didn't have the strength, and I didn't have the willpower to say no. I had a lot going on in my life. I was having that transition in my business. I was moving away from home, well, my home in Columbus, to move in with Matt. And I didn't need trigger foods to be there because my mental strength was a little bit lower because I was so tired and fatigued and overwhelmed with stress. I changed my mantras with food and I also changed my mantras with myself. I told myself I am strong. I told myself that I am, I am in control because a lot of times when you're binge eating or feeling like your disorders is taking over you in a way you feel out of control. You need to tell yourself you are in control because you are. Um, I told myself that the food doesn't control me. I told myself that the food will always be there. Post-show competitors, this is your mantra. Because I know you're hungry coming off stage. I know you're depleted coming off stage. And I know you want them cookies and you want all that food. I get it. Your body wants to put on fat too. But you need to tell yourself that the food will always be there. Because if you tell yourself the food is always going to be there then you won't feel this urgency to have to get it all in in a short period of time or that you have to hide it and, you know, consume it. You, If you tell yourself the food's always there, then part of your brain is like, oh, I don't need to overconsume on this because it's always going to be there for me. So those are the main mantras I told myself. Um, the other thing I did is I stopped weighing myself for emotion. If I lost weight, no emotion. If I gained weight, no emotion. You know, a lot of times working with clients, working with, um, you know, myself in progress with bikini preps and losing weight, usually, you know, diet culture, you lose weight, it's a good thing. You know, we celebrate, we're happy. We're, we're working towards our goals. You should be happy in a way. No, I don't want that. I, I want to be neutral. And when you gain weight, you know, diet culture conditions us to think, Oh, it's shameful. I can't believe you gained weight. Like, what are you gonna do now? It shouldn't be that way either. If you gain weight, no emotion. If you lose weight, no emotion. And one way I could really do this is, you know, I looked at the number kind of like data. Um, My background is in that exercise science, I am a big science nerd. And I looked at that number like data. So if I felt bloated and constipated for the day, I'm like, oh, my weight might be up. Let's see the trend. Or if I felt like my stomach felt leaner and I felt lighter, I wanted to see the trend if my weight was lower. And if it was, it was. So I would would use a scale more sort of like a science experiment in a way um, and not to validate my self-worth. And you know, even to this day, when I lose weight, I'm like, cool, I lost weight. Or if I gain weight, I'm like, cool, I gained weight. As long as I fit in my clothes and I feel comfortable... As long as my strength in the gym is nice and high, that's all I really care about. And as long as I'm you know, i getting my period and my hormones are good, I'm sleeping well, um, sex drive is good, all of those other indicators of health are good, then I'm a happy camper. So um, the other thing too is just battling resistance. So saying no to foods that you know you enjoy all the time. No, 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 no. No, that's going to wear out your willpower. So if there is a food that you truly do love um, and you feel like you're missing it and you have a craving for it, make a healthy alternative for it. You know, that's partially why I made like a sweet and strong ebook because I'm a big sweet fan. I love sweets. Um, But also go out and get that food. Um, if you have cravings for certain foods, don't bring it home. You don't have to do that. You don't have to bring the Christmas cookies home. You don't have to bring um, leftovers home. You don't have to bring home foods that are going to be triggers for you, but you can go out and get it and get it in presence with someone else. You don't want to do it alone yet. Um, and they can be there to guide you through eating it or even sharing it with you. And that way you can still have that food and not feel overly restricted because being restricted, like I mentioned earlier, can also be a trigger. So guys, I hope that this podcast was helpful for you. I know binge eating is a very dense and complex topic and we all struggle differently, but that is a little bit more into depth of my struggle and how I overcame it. So the biggest things I'm going to reiterate them is find out what your trigger is. Is it habitual? Is it stress? Is it restriction? Is it weight? Figure out your cycle of when you binge. Do you binge midday, in the morning, in the evening? Usually it's in the evening and that's simply just due to the added stress throughout the day um, and lack of, I don't want to say willpower, but lack of willpower saying no to all those foods earlier in the day. If you're like tracking macros or following a certain meal plan, your willpower wears out. Okay. We only have so much for a day. And so towards the end of it, it's a little bit easier to say yes to these foods that you have a desire for other things that happened when i overcame my binge eating is i told someone it's okay to drop the ego and get some help um and you might also need to seek out help professionally as well you might need therapy and that's okay um i got rid of my trigger foods i can't have them in the house and that's okay um you can slowly reintroduce these foods over time um but you know when you're overcoming binge eating You don't need your trigger foods in the house, okay? Tell yourself these mantras and tell yourself them this. Whoa, word vomit. Tell yourself these mantras daily. I am strong. I am in control. The food will always be there. They are so empowering, you guys. Those mantras, I tell myself them to this day. And it's because all three of those are true. You are strong. You are in control. Your binge eating disorder is not you. It does not define you and it does not control you. You control you and the food will always be there. Stop weighing yourself for emotion because it's not serving a purpose for you. If it makes your mood bad, forget it. If it makes you happy, forget it. I don't want the scale in your life right now. Break up with it. Okay. Y'all are on a break. Put that scale away, hide it, tell your significant other that you can't weigh yourself. That's fine. You don't need this scale. You don't need this number in the back of your head, dictating your behaviors for the rest of the day. Battling resistance. So you want a food. You want that cookie. You want that ice cream. You want that burger, but you're scared Go out and seek the food with someone you love who's going to be supportive of you. Maybe that's that person you told that you might struggle with some binge eating and overeating. Maybe it's a coach that you say, hey, I really want this free meal. I'm a little nervous about it. You know, Take a picture. Share it. Make it an experience. Take your time while you eat that food. Don't bring it back home because, like I said, you don't want to bring trigger foods home. But I want you to go out and enjoy these foods. I don't want you to avoid these foods forever. Um, And battling that resistance of constantly saying no to them is not healthy either. So you are going to have to, you know, work on incorporating these foods back into your diet. And it's okay, too, too. Okay? Um, Food is made to be enjoyed. It's made to be an experience, too. But it's also made to nourish you well. Okay. Um, all right, guys. So I think that's everything I needed to cover when it comes to binge eating. If you found this podcast helpful, please let me know. Please give me a rating and review as well. And if you do that and screenshot it as well, I will send you a free macro ebook guide. So I did talk briefly about, you know, tracking macros. And a lot of you might not know what tracking macros is or how to even get started. This ebook is going to be a great way for you to understand how to get started with tracking macros. So just leave me a rating and review and I'll send you over that book too. But if you're struggling or, and have struggled or are struggling right now, I want to let you know that I'm here for you. I know that you're strong. I know that you can overcome this and I believe in you. Okay. Okay. You are worth more than what your body looks like. You are worth more than what that scale says, and you can overcome this. And it's not going to be easy all the time, but that's okay. It's going to be worth it. It's worth the fight, you guys, okay? So um, I hope you all have a beautiful day. Stay strong, and I will catch up with you all in the next episode of Beyond the Bikini. Bye, everyone.